0: is a part two of religion versus relationship. And I feel that God is really bringing this foundational stuff right now because there's been old ways of the past that things, you know, maybe haven't worked so well. And God's wanting to bring this fresh new thing that's happening. But if we uh, don't sometimes confront things within ourselves, uh, we can't move into the new. Amen. So I wanted to actually start with, um, Al got me to bring a prophetic word for this house before we even knew we were going to come up here, and I'd never given one for a house before, and um, I think it's quite ironic, and I think God has a sense of humor that he would give me this word when I didn't know we were going to come here, because it actually was for us as well, <laughs> of stepping into this position, which I, we had, didn't know at that point. So I'm going to repeat it. And it said, the first thing was, I kept getting pictures of of yachts, and I think there's actually one kind of over there, and there was another one, I think. Um, Georgie might have one down the back. Um, But I, I felt that he was saying, winds of change, winds of change, and then he also said, Christ will build his church. And, and this is uh, something that Mark and I actually really hold on to. We go, Christ will build our church. We, we don't pick up false responsibilities that people sometimes, you know, like just as being pastoral, doesn't mean that we pick up and have to carry everything. It, actually, everybody has their own responsibility with Jesus. Yeah. And it said here, uh, it said you're at a T-intersection which I thought was interesting. And then it said, people want change, but don't really. This is, this is my words, God's talking to me and I'm writing it down. We slowly begin to change and start to get used to the idea. We may even start to like it, but God's going to change it again. And I felt like, well, I think that was L. Came in, you started to like it, you were really looking, and then God was, oh, we're going to change this again. And everyone's like, oh, oh, oh we don't know what what's happening. What's the purpose of this? He says he doesn't want you to settle. Are we not people of faith? He is teaching you through these seasons of change what living by faith means. Wow. Feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. He's not letting you settle. (laughs) Man, that's good. Thank you, Lord. And also I actually wrote in there, but I don't think I delivered it on the day, but it said, spirit of heaviness be gone. Yeah. We no longer want that spirit of heaviness that's trying to infiltrate within the city. And then I wrote down here, because uh, God had just kind of started talking to me through numbers, which I, I'd never done, even was aware of, but he's kind of started just showing me certain things, uh, the repeat that I see, and for um, and part of this was, well, first I saw a picture, and it was of hard-working hands drawing water from a deep, very deep well. But it says, like the woman at the well, God saw her heart. And so I want us to begin to focus on people's heart rather than looking maybe on the outward appearance. And he said, he doesn't want you to work for his love. And so that was part of the word that I gave, because he doesn't want us to begin to strive and work for our love. and so, uh, For his love, sorry. Um, and and so I began to kind of unfold this and kind of say to the Lord, what, what are you wanting to talk about to the church? What are some of the restrictions that are possibly holding us back? And I felt that he was beginning to talk to me about the spirit, religious spirit. And it's not something new. It's been around forever. And it's been there right through Jesus had to walk through and, and battle against the religious spirit. And so it's not just like all of a sudden we're turning up and we're saying, There's this religious spirit, okay? We're not saying that. We're not putting that on you. This is not a place. I'm not trying to condemn you. All all I'm trying to do is create a safe space where we come before things to to set us free of guilt and shame because God doesn't want us to be held captive in that. And sometimes we don't realize that there's areas of our lives um, that we begin, that religious thinking begins to infiltrate. And uh, Mark and I actually have this group every week that we meet with people from around New Zealand online, and it's kind of like our accountability group, it's where we do deep stuff, it's a safe environment for us, uh, where we can um, actually go really deep, and I can tell you what, every single week there's a button that's being pressed for me, you know, there's a button that God goes, right, next button, (laughs) We're gonna press this one, and why, What's the beliefs that you hold around that stronghold that you're actually carrying? Because a lot of us build fortresses up around certain beliefs, and don't let anyone in or out, but it stops God from coming in and loving that area. And so I believe in this time God's wanting to create these doors where in that castle that He can come in and out of, or maybe there's a few more doors that are, are happening. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what He's doing. Also, 11.11 11 means get ready. We're getting ready. Jesus, we love you. So I felt that I'm going to, uh, yeah, talk about religion versus relationship. So yeah, as Mark said, uh, some of you might have found it a little bit unholy that we started at 10.30. I love that. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm talking about religion versus relationship and we're going to push the church up by 30 minutes. And uh, I want to say that today, as we talk about religion, because I actually feel to identify it so that we know what it is, that there'll be things that come up in us that feel uncomfortable. And that's actually a good uncomfortable. It's not a bad thing. And it's not, we're not going to shame you for feeling uncomfortable with that thing, okay? That's actually part of God going, all of a sudden, oh, I have a button. I need a little bit of something, something. There, Lord, help me just to, to remove that button. Are, we, are you with me? Is that good? Awesome. Yeah. So. said that, cool. Um, yeah. Now, I also want to, uh, yeah, so God showed me this, this picture of smoke. And um, I saw different rooms in people's houses, uh, like in your house, there's different rooms. And I saw smoke infiltrating, kind of coming under the door and beginning to fill a room. And then people were running in and going into one room and opening the window. And they were like, cool, we'll let that smoke out. But they hadn't put the fire out on the other other side of the house. So the smoke was still kind of trying to come in and it was still trying to sleep into this room. Because sometimes with this uh, spirit, we can align in one thing um, and then not align in another but it's going to keep trying to infiltrate back in. So, so we can have these perceptions and views, right, of certain things that we think, oh, we're actually really not religious in that way. Oh, I'm really free in this area. And that's all. Right now. We've done that. But yeah, you're free. But I want you to put this one out. And sometimes there's a root that we align with too, which is the fire that we need to actually extinguish. I like visuals. God talks to me a lot through pictures because I find that I can simply grasp it a little bit more, sometimes in too much detail. So, I've got the whiteboard. I feel, I know, I'm quite excited. I feel God's, I've had some prophetic words lately. He's wanting to grow my teaching side, so bear with me. I'm going to begin to uh, teach, and I haven't done this before, so man, who knows what what could happen. So... (laughs) I'm going to write religion. We've got to put it in a box because that's the first relig- thing religion does. <laughs> um, now, give me things. How do we recognize religion? So this is for you guys. We're all going to do this together. And you're going to begin to give me things. I'm going to write it on the whiteboard about um, yeah, how, does ma- how does religion manifest How do you see it manifest? Or how, just what is religion to you? What do you think religion is? Rules? Rules. Oh, control. Law. Law. Oh, nice. Instance. Yeah, labels. On damn, that'll do. And what was that, restricting? Driving. Good one, yeah. yeah. Repetition, like tradition, sort of thing. Tradition, yeah, like a, uh, it's more structured. I don't know if that's right. Oh, yeah. Pride. Ooh, no one says that one. Fear. Yeah, we got fear. Good, good, good. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pass English at school, so I'm just pre warning all of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's right. Divide, divide, divide. Yeah, divide causes confusion, chaos. Yeah, yeah. division, hierarchy. hierarchy. Yeah, oh, I can't spell that. We're, hierarchy. <laughs> you do it. You're the speller. Maybe. Come on. Perfection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you put two of us here because we've got to sort it out together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be the beautifulest. Oh, wow. You're so good. Do you know what, what's another thing? What else we got? Elitism. Yep. I think just want to challenge Ugliness. What else? Formulaic. <laughs> if you do this, or you should do this. Mm. Should. When somebody comes, you should do this. You go, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Should. <laughs> Yes, yes, appearance is of such, a that's normally the first one the religious spirit goes for. Yeah, you should wear this, or you should look like this. You shouldn't have dreads. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to word that one, but cover up. A mask. That's a good one. That's a good one. Man, you guys are good, aren't No. Antichrist. It is. Hates the Holy Spirit, Al said last week, uh, the other week. Persecution. It's quite bitter, isn't it? Hypocritical. I think that's pretty good. It's a <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Babe. Narrow thinking. Yes, yeah. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> Have you been on Google? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So. So this is just a few things. So, so you guys can see what's trying to happen, and that's the spirit that tries to infiltrate. So as you begin to see these things, I'm going to go through some of them. As you begin to see them, you can begin to recognize those things straight away. Now, our fight is not against flesh, <laughs> Our fight is against principalities and powers. Now, what happens in the church as we come in and someone might have a disagreement or something, like one of these things comes up. Uh, you know, they come in uh, and. I uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, thought of an example, but it's not a good one. Gonna just backfire, <laughs> backtrack. Um, yeah, yeah, so we know that, because it comes in to cause confusion and division. And it tries to separate us from each other because it doesn't want unity. And so as we're trying to be separated, we need to actually be aware and know what these things are so that we can go, okay, I can see it's the spirit of religion that's trying to come in here. Now I'm going to go and pray and I'm going to pray against that power. I'm going to go to the throne room of God and go, this is what's happening and begin to pray. And God gives us actually heaps of tools, which I'm going to get into about how to combat actually most of these, these spirits that come, come against. But this one specifically hates the Holy Spirit. Now, the new thing and the new move that's trying to happen here in the church, and the Holy Spirit's always been here, but I believe he's wanting to outpour on a whole nother level that we have never experienced before. And so as we're stepping into this freedom, be prepared, yeah. be wise, don't be foolish We want to be wise for the things that are about to come. If there becomes division in the church or there's uh, somebody that's, you know, maybe one person is beginning to cause division and and, and the religious spirit um, begins to congregate people, it goes, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, do you not agree with that? Do you not agree with that? Do you not? Oh, hey, look, all of us don't agree with that. And then it begins to split and cause division. Instead of going to the Father, (laughs) praying about these things, sitting on these things, So the religious spirit influences a person, a group of people, to replace a genuine relationship with God with works and tradition. It attempts to earn salvation. So it begins to make us think we have to earn it. Where we know from the last few weeks that God has given us the gift of salvation freely to those who love him, who acknowledge him and believe he died on the cross. Uh, it says, it tries to cause chaos, confusion, shame, and guilt, and it's a bitter hypocritical spirit. How it manifests, it often uses a person's history and circumstances to afflict internal whispers of judgment and pressure to perform. I don't know how many times I've had the personal history one come up for myself, but I know it's straight away where somebody will come and say, oh yeah, it didn't surprise me by your past. I'll be like, immediately feel condemned, don't you? Immediately you go, oh, oh, you're still holding me back here. You're captive, holding me captive back here where Jesus came to free me and he loves me and my affirmation comes from him alone. Yeah, you're trying to pull me back this way. So that's what the spirit does. And it is really hard sometimes in our natural humanness <laughs> to, to go, it's not the flesh, it's the spirit that we're dealing with, okay? Because that's, I mean, that's just being real. Sometimes it's really hard because we, we kind of want to have like a, I don't know, a justice thing that's not really that, but it's with people. And we're trying to fight it out. Yeah, the, this, this, they can begin to be quite negative and harbor a lot of resentment. Uh, and so these are the, f- uh, the five things I've just bullet pointed just to kind of run over. Um, I'll pretty much just read it, I think. Let's look at the ways the Spirit wages war against the grace and power of God in a believer's life. Number one, which is normally just the, the, the immediate superficial sort of one, which is appearance. Concerns with the outside appearance of being holy and righteous. The Spirit deceives those in the church into thinking if they act like a Christian, it replaces the need of Christ in their lives. Man, that's a heavy one. Yeah, the spirit deceives those in the church into thinking if they act like a Christian, it replaces the need of Christ in their lives. These are dangerous thoughts because pride slowly starts to creep in and puffs up the believer's thoughts and actions. This blocks the blessing of an intimate relationship with God, which is our whole aim with following Jesus says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. Number two, it tries to earn salvation. So this is the thing that the Spirit is trying to p- kind of put upon us, and we can choose to align or we can choose to disengage and go, no, with wisdom. Okay, attempts to earn God's love and salvation. Even though a believer could know the truth of our Savior, the Spirit suggests to the mind that they must earn God's love with their actions. Pressure is turned on and thus builds causing feelings of guilt, shame, and doubt. Now, I feel like there's so many people that they come to us and they, you know, that they are, they're, they're feeling really shameful or, or, uh, or feel guilty, and that's normally a pretty quick sign of the, the spirit of, uh, the religious spirit's in operation. Um, I'm going to read, yes, Ephesians. 2, 8, I don't actually have that much. I love Ephesians. Ephesians and Romans. I, just, I always end up backing them. I just love them so much. Um, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace, you have been saved by faith. <laughs> Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So, no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. How good is that? Praise you, Jesus. I get so excited. Honestly, wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here without him. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three, it can crave a position of honor in the church, which is like, oh, isn't it? Everyone goes, Ooh. It can be closely related to pride. The spirit divides believers to seek positions in the church or ministry where they will be recognized or commanded, than honoring God and thinking of others. Uh, God showed me this really cool picture. You know, Jesus was this invisible leader. Everyone goes, what? Well, when the Romans came to find Jesus, they didn't even know which one he was. They had to get Judas to kiss him to let them know. Cool, eh? Well, that was a real cool little revelation and everything. But, um, but he, wasn't, he wasn't about hierarchy. He honored it when he came in, but he was actually coming to finish that way. And he came in humble. And he came in, and, and they didn't even know. I just love that. And then, but when he spoke, when they actually turned around and he said, I am, they said, are you Jesus? And he goes, I am. It was like, whoa, the power. I love it. You know, that's kind like sort of off the side, but I love that. Um, number four, can develop a hard judgmental attitude towards others. others. This spirit will skillfully mutter words of judgment towards other, others in a believer's life. This voice will become louder and louder, just what I was kind of talking about before, until they feel completely justified to place blame and accuse their brethren. Oh, I know. I I actually felt really excited about this word today. You can probably tell. (laughs) Um, So I want to go to Matthew 7, 5. And it says, You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. (laughs) First acknowledge and deal with your own blind spots. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. One thing that we learned in our mentoring session was you can't take coins out of someone's piggy bank if you haven't first deposited coins. <laughs> if you haven't first loved them and put lots of love and pl- created a safe environment, that's why life groups are so good, because you're actually creating this safe environment, you're beginning to walk with life, you're putting coins into each other's piggy bank. <laughs> And then when something comes up and you really feel like, oh, okay, this is something we might need to talk about or, or they might bring it up, they, usually the Holy Spirit will first convict that person. I actually generally always leave it. That's Holy Spirit's job. I actually don't believe it's ours. And Holy Spirit will convict them and then they'll come and go, hey, what do you think? What do you think about this? Then if you've put the coins at the piggy bank, you can take some out and go, hey, actually, yeah, Let's, let's go this way, or hey, this is what actually I think God is, means or talks about and says about this thing. Is that a cool tool? I like that one. Um, cool. And five, it becomes rigid and refuses change. A religious spirit rejects any revelation that calls for change because of the pride that has crept in. A believer thinks they know what's best. They are often closed off to any other ideas or thoughts of moving forward when the Holy Spirit speaks. So we're going to go to Romans eight, three to four. Are you still with me? Cool. Okay. It's a lot of info, so I'm just you know I'm aware of that too. Cool. Eight three to four. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish, because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us His Son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering, so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one, living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that so beautiful? Cool. (laughs) I love the Passion Version. Um, Yeah. If there is bitter fruit of pride, self-righteousness, anger, and resentment, the religious spirit is actively seeking more ways to cause chaos. The religious spirit tries to steal our peace, our joy, causing fear, doubt, and unbelief. And in in Paul, it says about focusing on what's good, lovely, noble, those things. We, We need to fix our eyes on what Jesus is doing. Amen. Yeah, we so the, the, the tool that the, the word gives us is in Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. This is how we combat the uh, religious spirit. Yeah, spiritual warfare. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Um, be supernaturally infused with strength through, the life, through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Notice that it's all pretty much accusations. Accusations. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. That's really important. But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides. So that you are protected as you confront. Oh. We're in Yep. Confront slander. <laughs> it is that, sorry. <laughs> for, you are de- for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. That's already the outcome, okay? <laughs> Put on truth as about to strengthen you and to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert and you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Amen. Amen. That's, what it's, that's, that's the tools to combat this. So I guess in my heart this morning, I felt that God was just wanting to make this aware that this is not something that died ages ago. It's still trying to come and trying to cover kind of around the city. And we're looking at taking over the city. <laughs> Uh, the sons and daughters are, are, are groaning to, to be revealed and, and we're going to, I, I really feel that we're going to infiltrate this place and we're going to take it over for Jesus. And to do that, we actually need to spiritually be aware and awakened for what's happening and, and, and the things that are in operation, they're just there. We're just, we're just having wisdom and learning about how we can go, okay, no, we're not part of that. Or I see you, I recognize you, I call you out, that's done. why? Why should we get excited about the religious spirit turning up? Because we're poking the principality a little bit. We're starting to ruffle it a little bit. And that actually is exciting. And not that we're purposely going out there to prod it, but it's just, (laughs) you know. um, But God is bigger. And uh, He is so much bigger. And actually, when we do begin to take ground, that is the first things that begin to come. So I'm... now being the mama bear of this house, I'm wanting you to actually be prepared. Be prepared because, because yeah, <laughs> we want to have wisdom. That's right. Do you want to do, do that? Wanna this.
1: this is the worst <laughs> thing you should ever do: is jump up and like. Not try, I'm not trying to do it. Just adding to it because it's so important. Should never add to it. But it, so. Get excited when the holy, when the when religious spirit shows up. That's a sign the principality is getting weakened. Good, good word. Getting, getting shaken, and they are having to submit to what God's trying to do in your world. Now the other part of that is you're, you might find yourself becoming or saying something that's of the religious spirit and going, I don't even know why I said that. And don't get, don't condemn yourself for that. I've done that. I'm like, what did I say that? I feel like. Well, and then that's a good thing. It's, it mean obviously, you may repent. <laughs> repent. But it's an exciting moment because w- just realize at that moment, oh, wow, it's working. This is a shaking going on. So it's going to be a bit messy. So have compassion and empathy when you get it on you. When someone goes, bleh, religious spirit at you. <laughs> they do the shoulds. They should on you. If you get should on, then... <laughs> get excited. I heard that the other day. It was another pastor said it, so I feel it's okay to say it. You got should on. And if someone's going to should you, if someone's going to should, you get excited but like, and, and have forgiveness for them. Sorry, that was all I wanted to say.
0: So I was going to go into the opposite, obviously, of the Holy Spirit, but I, felt, I feel like that's enough. It's enough info, but I'm going to read right at the end. It says Romans 8. It says, living by the power of the Holy Spirit. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave His body to be thus an offering so that God could once and for all condemn and guilt the power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through, an, the, through the anointed one living His life in us. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to skip across to Romans 8.14. It says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Woo! And folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as He rises up within us, our spirits join with Him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we are His true children, we qualify. To share all his treasures. Isn't that so beautiful? (laughs) Love it. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. I am convinced. That any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. This is so good. Honestly, all of Romans, you could just keep going. (laughs) I could. Um, I'm going to just do one more little bit. And it's in Romans 8. I'm skipping for this a little bit. 8.31. So what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Amen.